You know, every now and then, I just have to step back and appreciate the wild weirdness that is Christianity. We are a group of people who believe that the universe is not random, but has purpose from beginning to end. We believe that everything that exists is the result of cosmic creativity. As monotheists, we believe that this creativity comes from a person from whom all personality proceeds. So that universal experiences like individual awareness and perspective are not just phenomena, but gifts from one person to countless others. And we believe that this person is also the source of all that can truly be called love. As Christians, we believe that the person became one of us countless other people. To draw close to us. To assure us that this person truly understands. And to call us together around a lifelong project toward deeper and more vibrant love. Finally, we look forward to a future in which the ultimate purposes of this person will be not just revealed, but realized. And that love will flourish among everybody, both the living and the dead, eternally. Is this all true? Can it be? Is it possible? And how can we even know? Well, it's not like we just choose to believe these things with no evidence at all. In the 13th century, when Thomas Aquinas was formulating philosophical theories of just about everything, he used the concept of revelation to talk about things that we only know because God has chosen to reveal them to us. He put the Bible into this category and also the whole natural world which he believed points in the direction of that original creative person. Indeed, you don't have to know about any religion to come to an understanding of the vitality and ever-changing nature of this amazing universe. To believe as well, though, that a person is behind all this and that that person has been among us personally, well, that's just too much for some people. But many of us also believe that we have experienced revelation, maybe more than once, a confirmation of our gut feelings, direct and intentional reassurance from our creator. And we count that too as evidence in support of our beliefs. One day when my daughter was about six, and I share this story now with her permission, the two of us were sitting at the dining room table, and she asked me, why do we do all this? I don't remember what specific project we were working on at the table at the time, but I asked her whether she was talking about that. No, she said. I mean, why do we do all this? And she was so very young and struggled to put words to it, but I quickly realized that she meant all of life. Why do we exist? 
Why do we go forward through time? Why do we get up in the morning and go to bed at night? Why does any of this happen at all? I have no memory of my reply. I only remember feeling absolutely terrified. Not of giving a bad answer, but just terrified for her. Projecting forward to a time when she would be older and might experience ennui or depression or lethargy. Why do we do all this? Just might become, oh, what's the point? But that's not the only possibility. Even with the wisdom of teenage years, that big question can lead someplace marvelous. In her novel, Their Eyes Were Watching God, Zora Neale Hurston writes a scene in which her character Janie is 16 years old. It was a spring afternoon in West Florida. Janie had spent most of the day under a blossoming pear tree in the backyard. She had been spending every minute that she could steal from her chores under that tree for the last three days. That was to say, ever since the first tiny bloom had opened, it had called her to come and gaze on a mystery. From barren brown stems to glistening leaf buds, from leaf buds to snowy virginity of bloom, it stirred her tremendously. How? Why? It was like a flute song, forgotten in another existence and remembered again. What? How? Why? This singing she heard had nothing to do with her ears. She had been summoned to behold a revelation. Then Janie felt a pain remorseless sweet that left her limp and languid. So what was I so afraid of for my six-year-old? The question, why do we do all this, might just as well lead to crying out, I am overflowing with wonder and joy at the marvelous world we live in. The question can become imbued with purpose and intent no less wondrous for all its bittersweet. It can make life truly worth living. Or as we say in Christianity, it, become, it can become yet another experience of salvation. I believe that one crucial function of the church is to be the place to bring that feeling of revelation when it comes to us. Even at a very young age, maybe especially at a very young age. Why do we do all this? Why indeed? Oh child, have I got a story for you. So receive it. As a big story. Let it trickle into your blood and flow through your very physical body. And not just the story, but the, this bite of bread and this sip of wine. Let them become part of you too. And then, look around at the actual body of Christ. Which is all the people around you. All these older and younger people, people who are a lot like you and people who are very different from you, people who love you and people who don't know you yet, and people who will need to be reminded to get to know you again every year as you grow up so that they can continue to treat you with respect and dignity. Look at them and then let them into your life too. Your question is the big question. And here in the church, we answer that question all your life. 
in as many different ways as there are people. You get to keep asking it and keep answering it for others. You never have to stop wondering about it. And no matter where you go in life, no matter what good or bad things you do, and no matter what good or bad things happen to you, nobody can possibly take your wonder away. Your big question draws people together, gathers them around a story, a story as simple as a child born in the real-life city of Bethlehem. The wisest people of all, those who may have thought they already knew everything they needed to know, receive a revelation as astounding as a new star in the sky, and they have to follow where it leads. The Magi They don't come looking for God incarnate. That depth of revelation doesn't seem to be reflected in Matthew's story. No, it's enough for them to hear of a newly born king of the Jews. Yet why should that matter so much to them? As a political idea, it's negligible. Why should they care and then come from so far away? The story only makes sense if there's something going on deeply inside the Magi. A revelation, a call to see this birth as not just another birth and not even as just another royal birth. The birth of a child is a miracle enough for any of us, but somehow the birth of this child changes everything. Does God hold back knowledge from us until a certain time? Or do we just take a while to discover it? Do we need to reach a certain age, like six, or 16, or 60, before we start asking that most important question, why? And when we do start asking it, will there be in our lives people and situations to help us make sense of our epiphany, to begin to come close to the wisdom of God in its rich variety? Will we then be able to turn around and offer it to others? I truly see that through the church, God offers non-instinctive approaches to the problems of the world. Get a bunch of people together who don't necessarily share a lot of things in common in their day-to-day lives. Invite them to focus on serving God and others and not just themselves. Watch love develop and grow and spread. Rinse, repeat. When this approach succeeds, rejoice together. When it fails, repent. Work for reconciliation and wait for resurrection. Can Good Shepherd become more and more this kind of place, this kind of project where the young child can ask bold questions and the eldest elder can receive them gracefully and ask questions in return? Why do we do all this? I dare not give a single answer, lest you believe the conversation is over. This is the place to put your questions, to drop them into the pot and let the flavors of life soak into them. This is the dinner table where the generations gather in love. This is the Thanksgiving celebration. This is where we give of ourselves for the sake of the world. Come, child. Come to the table and ask your bold question today and every single week, all your life. Amen.